0: So, with that, we shall begin today's daf. Is daf Yud Zayin, page seventeen in Meseches Megillah. We got up until the word Kama um, Koshish Yisroel which is just at the end of the second line from the top of the yomut. But let's be, let's go back to the bottom of the previous daf. Just the last line. Because that's going to start us off into this sugya. This is going to be a mathematical equation, and we are going to prove that the learning of Torah is greater than honoring one's parents. Okay. Now, there's a practical halacha that comes out of this, where one of the areas where a person's not obligated to listen to their parents' wishes is with their Torah learning. So if a person feels that learning Torah from a particular Rebbe or in a particular Yeshiva is going to serve them well, and their parents feel that, that, you know, uh, otherwise you're permitted to go to the place that you're going to steig the most, because Talmud Torah overrides Kibbutz Avaim. If a person's ever in a situation like this, I recommend uh, consulting with a Rav, before doing that, but there is a interesting halacha that does come out of this. Okay, so let's turn back to the bottom of Tez Zayin Ahmed Just to re, just to restart this conversation, we're going to start from Amar Raba, Amar Rab Yitzchak. It's two lines from the bottom of the Amud. Isaac's logging on. Okay, let's go. Amar Raba, Amar rab Yitzchak, Bar Shmuel, Bar Marta. Raba says the name of Rab Yitzchak Bar Shmuel, Bar uh, Bar Marta. God Learning Torah is greater than Kubit Ava'im avinu the aver. All the years that Yaakov spent studying in yeshiva in the house of aver lo, lo neenash. He was not punished. Okay, even though he gave up on the mitzvah of Kubit Avaim, his parents never asked him to go do that. He's not punished. Now, how do we know he wasn't punished for those years? The amar mar because the Tana taught us. We now turn to the top of today's Dath. Lama nimnu shenosav shal yishmol, Fascinating shaila in the Gemara. There's a lot of people mentioned in the Torah. We don't know their age when they died. We don't know their age. Even Rivka, it doesn't say explicitly. Yishmol tells us how old he was when he died. Why? Says the Gemara, In order to be able to calculate the age of Yaakov. as it says, Ve'eilashnei chay yishmol. These were the years of Yishmael's life. Ma'as Shana, 100 years. Ushleishim Shana, 30 years. Vesheva Shana meant 7 years. By telling us he was 137 years old, we know Yaakov Avinu's age. Okay. Now this is, that's vague. And what the Gemara is now going to do until we get to the end of the Perek is go through the calculation of how mentioning Yisrael, Yishmael's age when he died tells me anything about Yaakov Avinu's life. Okay. Now, how much older is Yishmol than Yitzchak? Our Shnen answers the Gemara. 14 years older. How do you know that Yishmol is 14 years older than Yitzchak? The Avram and Avram Avinu. His name was not yet changed to Avraham. Avram. Ben Shmeinim Shana. He was 86 years old. Beledes Hagar es Yishmael. When Hagar gave birth to Yishmael, Avram to Avram. Okay, meaning Avram was her husband. Hagar gives birth to Yishmael when, and, and Avram's eighty-six years old. So we know Avram's age when Yishmael is born. Uksiv, and there's another pasuk about Yitzchak. It says, "VaAvraham ben Maas shana bihivali laitzel." Like, period. Avraham was hundred years old when Yitzchak was born. So Avram is eighty-six when Yishmael. He's hundred when Yitzchak born. Say, so how much older is Yisshual than Yitzchak? Fourteen years. Fine. So far, so good. We got the math. Uksiv, and we got another puzzle. Ready for this? Here we go. The Yitzhak, ben Shishim say some who was born at when Avram was hundred, is sixty when Yaakov and Esav are born. Okay. Following. Yitzchak is now 60. How old is Avraham? If, Yitz- if Avraham was 100 when Yitzchak was born, and Yitzchak's now 60, say so how old is Avraham now? 160. Let's keep reading. Hava kamahava yishma'ol de'esyoled Yaakov. But how old is Yishma'el when Yaakov was born? If Yitzchak if was 60, and his big brother is 14 years older, say so how old is uncle Yeshmael? Yishma'el? when nephew Yaakov is born, he must be 74. And how many years did he have remaining in his life? He's 74 years old when the twins are born, when Yaakov and Esav are born. He died at 137. So how many years of life did he have left? 63 years left. Okay. So, how old is Yaakov? When Yishmael died. Again, Yishmael was 74 when Yaakov's born. He dies 63 years later. So Yaakov is 63 years old when Yishmael is born. Follow along. I think so far is pretty, a lot of psukim, but pretty straightforward. Yaakov's 63 when Yishmael dies. And Yishmael's 137. Okay. Vitania, And we have a brysa which states, "Haya Yaakov avinu <speaking> and <in> shenesbarech mi'aviv. Yaakov avinu at the time that he got the brachos from his father Yitzchak how old was Yaakov he was 63 years old so he's 63 years old the same year that he got the brachos Yishmael died that was the time period when Yishmal died it was that year Esav saw that Yitzchak Avinu had given the brachos to Yaakov and what did he do he went to Yeshmal, He went and he took Machlas, the daughter of Yeshmal, the sister of Nevoys. Says the Gemara, just to focus on this pasuk for a moment. Once you're telling me this woman was Yeshmal's daughter, I know that she was Nevoys' sister because Nevoys was also a child of Yeshmal. So why do you got to tell me that this girl was the sibling of Nevoys? And the daughter of Yishmael. Why do we got to give her two yichas? Melamed. It comes to teach us. What happened was, Esau went to ask for her hand in marriage. Yishmael said yes. They had Kiddushin, the first stage of marriage. And then Yishmael kicked the bucket. And And then her brother walked her down the chuppah. And that's why it's mentioning both Yishmael and Nevayas. Okay, so we know that Yishmael died when Yaakov and Esau are 63. So, she How old is Yaakov Avinu when he's receiving the blessings? 63 years old. The Arbasar ad di yesyolid Yosef. He was in Laban's house for 14 years. He worked seven years for Leah, seven years for Rachel. And then finally, when Yosef was born... Yaakov said, I can fight against Esav, <clears throat> I can leave Lavan's house. He's 14 years in Lova's house. So he's 63 plus 14. How old is he now? Hashivin Vishiva. He's now 77 when Yosef is born. Uksiv. And it says, the Yosef, Yosef himself, again, he's born when his father's 77. Yosef himself was ben Shloshim Shana, was 30 years old, Paro when he stood in front of Paro to interpret the dreams. So, when Yosef was 30 years old, and he's born when his old man is 77, say, so How old's Yaakov? When Yosef stood in front of Paro, how old was Yaakov? 107. He went from 77 plus 30 years, he's now 107. Humma of Vesheva. Okay, he's now 107 years old. Shav de Shiva vitarte de kafna. Then there were seven years of plenty. And then there were two years of famine while Yaakov was in Mitzrayim. Guess what? Yaakov should be 107. There's now seven. Plenty. Two years of famine. What's 107 plus 9? 116. Hama of So Yaakov should be 116 years old when he comes down to Mitzrayim. Now who here learned to the parshios at the end of Sefer Bereshias? When Paro asks Yaakov Avinu, How old are you? When Yaakov stands in front of him, what does Yaakov answer? What does he say? I'm 130 years old. Yeah? According to our calculation, how old should he be? 116. So, let's keep reading. Says the Gemara, Uksiv. It says in the Pesach, Paro Yaakov. Paro says to Yaakov, "Kam How old are you? Because Yaakov looked old. I'm 130 years old. Ask the Gemara, you're 130? Why are you making yourself sound older than you really are? According to our calculation, you're only 116. Yaakov, you don't know your old age. You don't know your own age. And Ella, rather, says the Gemara, here's the whole point. We're 14 years off." See, so you learn from here, Arba Esre Shnin Dahave Beves Ever, the 14 years that he spent in Yeshiva, lo chashiv are not part of the calculation beauty. We now have, oh, where'd those 14 years go? It must be that before he spent 14 years in Levin's house, he spent 14 years studying in Yeshiva, even though he wasn't. Uh, he, he wasn't showing kibud ditanya and I'll prove it to you, says the Gemara. D'itanya, because we learned in Ebreisa. Haya Yaakov V'Veis Eber. Yaakov was sitting in the yeshiva of Eber. Mutman. He was hidden. He sat in his own corner and he focused. Arba Esre Shona. For 14 years. Eber died two years after Yaakov went down to Aram Narayim. And Yaakov left Dirubolo la Ramna and he came to Ram Raim. Nimtza, it comes out, Kisha Omar al Habeir. when Yaakov stood by the well, he wasn't 63, rather, Ben Shivim Vesheva, Ben Shivim Vesheva, Shana, rather, he was 17, uh, he was uh, 77, period. That's the end of the calculation. Rabiel, I see you have a question. Go ahead. Right. I mean... Right. The, Yale's, Yale's uh, pointing out. It's pretty obvious that, you know, he skipped it. Why, why should he skip it? I hear I hear I well, you, you, mean, you, you He didn't. No, listen. Yeah. When he comes down to Mitraim, David Rich said he listens to the podcast and he asked me to repeat everybody's points and questions that I take during this year. So he, If when Yaakov comes down to Mitraim, he says, I'm 130. He's including it we're just stating that when we are going through the calculation from the verses in the torah based upon yishmael's life which by the way if any this is something that's like tickling my mind it's not a strong, it's not a question kind of like a shiloh I'm curious it's interesting that in order to figure out this whole calculation the torah had to mention how old yishmael was when he died like why yishmael like you, you you couldn't give me a hint from somebody else that that still bothers me a little i haven't seen i, I haven't seen anybody talk about that. if anybody comes across okay, something no, I, le- I agree with you always, yeah that's exactly the, i guess that's a point i'm really making yeah I mean, You have to understand why is world was used as so a calculation. yeah you it's have a good point i'm not sure why you left why you left out the 14 years why you small year, and why we left out the 14 30, years yeah you know, right right it's, uh, it's interesting that the um, the, the Balimusar explained that you know when Yaakov left his parents' home, it's interesting. There's a lot of halachos of Lashon Hara to learn from what happened because we know that when he ran away, Rivka told him to run away. Why did he have to leave? Because of Esau. But she told Yaakov, tell Yitzhak you have to go find the Shidduch. So she tells her son, go tell your father, tell my husband, don't tell him about Asav trying to kill you. Tell him you need a shidduch. Which is a very interesting halach in Lashon Hara. That if you can achieve your same constructive purpose without saying something negative about somebody, you're obligated to do that. The goal was to get Yaakov to safety. And if they were able to get Yaakov out of the house by telling Yitzchak that it's time for him to find a the shidduch, they were obligated to do it that way. That's one, uh, that's one interesting point. But the reason why I'm mentioning that is because the Bali Musr teach us that if he left, either to run to safety or because Yitzchak expected him to go find a shidduch, go, who are you to stop off 14 years in yeshiva? Go find a shidduch, and then go learn in yeshiva. So they explain that Yaakov knew that the 14, that he was going to Levin's house, that's where he's going to find his shidduch, and in order for him to be a proper husband, he had to spend the fourteen years in Yeshiva. He, it, w- it was part of his preparation for his. Uh, up, he couldn't just throw himself uh, into into that environment. But be it as it may, a few beautiful messages. Be it as it may, though, your your questions remain. I, I'm 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 in agreement with that. Okay, now says the Gemara back in back in over here. Um in delay How do we know that Yaakov Avinu was not punished for the year he spent? In the yeshiva of Eber, we learned in our so, Nimtza Yosef Perish Yosef was separated from his father for twenty two years. Kishem shepirish Yaakovino Just like Yaakovino was separated from Yitzchak on his own decision for twenty two years. How do we know that? The Yaakov tulosam v'shisahav, and we know that um, Yaakov was separated for thirty six years from Yitzchak. So why did he, Why was he only punished with using Yosef? With losing Yosef for 22 years, there's a 14 year uh, period where he's not being punished. The 14 years that he spent in yeshiva, he's not being held accountable for, says the Gemara. Last question in this parak. Sov Sov, bottom line, debased Lovon, on and He was in Lovon's house for, a, for 20 years, so why is he punished for 22 years? Answers the Gemara Elamishum to Ishtohi the Orcha Tartan Shnen. Granted, he left Lovan's home after twenty years. However, it took him two years to travel back. So that he's he could have gotten home faster. He didn't need to take him so long. The Tanya could learn to braisa, Aram narayim. He left Aram Narayam Uba and he arrived in Sukais. And he remained there for a year and a half for eighteen months. Shenamar Bay Yakub Sukaisa. Yaakov traveled to, toward Sukais, But even though he buy us and he built himself a house, he established himself there. What are you doing that for? You have, you have, uh, you have parents who are waiting for you uh, to get back home. And he built Sukhais for his cattle as well. He spent an additional six months to the 18 months. Hence, we have 24 months, a complete two-year period. And that's why Yaakov was punished with losing Yosef for 22 years as well. Hadron aloch, Megillah, Nikreis. Hadron aloch, Megillah, Nikreis. Hadron aloch, Megillah, Nikreis. Tremendous mazal tov to everybody who completed the very first Mesechta in Megillah. And now we begin the very first Perak of Meseches Megillah. And now we begin the second Perekh, the second chapter of Megillah with a beautiful, beautiful Mishnah. Here we go. Back into the laws. Hakare is ha-Megillah lemafreya lo a person who reads the Megillah out of order does not fulfill his obligation, okay? You can't mishmash the psukim, read the Megillah out of order. You can't read, you know, sometimes you want to skip to the end of the story, read the last chapter, just so you know the ending and you're not scared. At least you know what's going to happen, you know? I, I don't recommend ever doing that when reading a good book. Um, but sometimes, oh, okay, you know, I pick up, I'm going to do first read the fourth uh, the few psukim in the fourth parak. And then jump around. You're not allowed to do that. Kara pe. If a person is reading the Megillah by heart. Kara Targum Or he reads it in Aramaic. Or in any other language. Lo yatsa. He did not fulfill his obligation. The Megillah must be in the Hebrew language. Avol Listen to this. If somebody does not understand Hebrew. And they only speak Russian. They only speak Portuguese you're allowed to read the Megillah with literal translation for them in their language that they'll understand. The hallowe's sheshama ashuris yotza. Anybody, even if they don't speak Hebrew, but they hear the Megillah read in Hebrew, have fulfilled their obligation. You don't, in other words, you don't need to understand it. So the, according to the beginning of the Mishnah, okay, we're going to see later what the halacha is, however. Okay, but according to the beginning of the Mishnah, first thing is you're not allowed to read it out of order. You're not allowed to read it by heart. Um, you're not allowed to read it in in uh, random languages. However, if you speak English, you could hear it in English, and everybody can hear it in Hebrew. That's the that's what we've learned up until now. Fine, let's keep going. Kara Seirgin. What if he read it in Seirgin? What does Seirgin mean? is like this. I, you know, the Megillah depending on which shul you go to and how much clopping there is by Haman, and people have a lot of opinions about how long the groggers should keep going uh, by Haman, if at all, it's a, big, it's a big to-do in every shul. I'm sure it's a big uh, big conversation. Uh, some people, because people are fasting, it's timeless, but also the kids are coming, and uh, it's, it should be Geschmack. So what happens, put, put that on the side for a moment, what happens if it's, you know, the, the one who reads the Megillah kind of takes his time. You, you read the first parak, and then everybody goes out for a little bit of a break. And then they come back in, and uh, we're too tired, let's doze off. And that's how they do it. They don't read it straight. There's a lot of, there's a lot of recesses, all right? Umisnamname or a person dozes off. Yatza, you still fulfilled your obligation. You went in your proper order. Yeah, you made a bunch of stops. You may have dozed off. We'll see what that means to doze off. But you fulfilled your obligation. If somebody's reading the Megillah, darshaning the Megillah, or fixing the Megillah, if at the time that you're reading it, even though you're doing it to fix it, but if your kavanah is to fulfill your mitzvah, you got your mitzvah. lo If not, you did not get your mitzvah. Okay? So let's give an example. It's Purim evening. You're a scribe. You're putting the finishing touches on a Megillah. So, or you're fixing it up. There's a Megillah, and the, it turns out there's a few issues with the, with the Megillah. You want to fix it up to make it a uh, kosher Megillah. So you're reading it as you're writing it. Says the Mishnah, as long as that reading, when it's coming out of your mouth, you're intending to fulfill your mitzvah with that, it's okay. If it's written with Sam, Sikra, Kumus, and Kankantum, these are all different types of inks that are put into a quill. If it's written on your regular paper, or it's written on Diphthara, which is unfinished parchment, you have not fulfilled your obligation. What does the Megillah need to be read from? Kisuva, it must be, the Megillah itself that's being read from, must be written, Ashuris, with the holy language, with Russian Kodesh, Al Hasefer, on completed parchment, Ubediyo, and with black ink. Okay, a lot that the Mishnah just filled us in on, both from the makeup of the Megillah itself, beginning of the Mishnah we discussed, taking breaks reading the Megillah, doing it out of order, what language you do it in, a loaded, loaded Mishnah, and that is our introduction to this beautiful and fascinating parak. Let us get going into the Gemara. Says the Gemara, "Minah hanimili." Okay, prove it. How do you know? How do we know that if you read the Megillah out of order, you do not fulfill your obligation? Amar Rava. Rava says the Amar Kados says in the Pesach Kichsavam v'chizmanom. It says in the Megillah that this must be read Kichsavam the way it's written v'chizmanom and in their proper times. What does that mean? Mazmanom l'mafrei Just like the times must be on the proper order, meaning a walled city, uh, uh, an unwalled city reads on the fourteenth. A walled city reads on the fifteenth. You can't do a swap ski one year. The the fifteenth, the walled city can't one year say, you know what? Hey, Mister Unwalled City people, let's switch. This year, the walled city will do fourteen, and you guys do the fifteenth. Same way, you can't switch the order on the days. So too in the. In the uh, reading of the Megillah, it's not allowed to be done out of order. Says the Gemara, If you if you look at the words that were just said, it says k'siva that it can't be written out of order. But maybe you're still allowed to read it out of order. Says the Gemara, No, I, the 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 asiya, the doing of the of the uh, mitzvah of Purim, right? The celebrating of the mitzvah of Purim, the actual simcha. That we know, that uh, you, you make these two days into days of celebration. So we already know that halacha. So when you try comparing the laws of reading the Megillah to kichsavam, to chizmanam, that can't be what's teaching me not to do it out of order, because we already have the pasach of liyais, hayamim, question mark. Answers the Gemara, you're right, alamehacha. Rather we'll learn out the halacha Of not going out of order from here It says in the Pasuk And these days of Purim Nizkarim must be remembered And you must do the celebrating What does that mean? We are connecting the remembering Of Purim Which is the reading of the Megillah To the actual celebration of Purim Just like the celebration Cannot be out of order The 14th comes before the 15th The unwalled city comes before the walled city so to the reading of the Megillah cannot be done out of order. You must start with and and with um, right? that's got to be, the, you, you got to go in the proper order. Okay, now the Gemara is going to take us on a beautiful tangent and we're going to learn a lot of halachos concerning Kriyashma and Tefillah and davening um, and we're going, the reason why we're going on this tangent is because we just mentioned that the reading of the Megillah cannot be out of order, and we're going to mention the same thing is true with Shema and Tefillah. Tona. We learned in The chemba halo, Similarly with halo. Meaning, can't be out of order. chemba kriyashma, And same with reciting Shema. Cannot be out of order. U'tfila and Davening Cannot be out of order. Okay. Period. Ask the Gemara, why not? In the Megillah, there's a specific verse. The Megillah showed us the same way the celebration can't be out of order, you can't read the Megillah out of order. Okay, that's the Megillah. Halal, Shema and Davening. How do we know that? How do we know that needs to be in order? And I want to give a little bit of a uh, message that I'm taking from this question. Let's ask, uh, uh, let's be Jewish for a moment, or for more than a moment, and say um, why would I think you could go out of order? Gamar says, why not? Why do, you know what I'm going to say? Why yet? Yeah. Why yet? Yeah. Why, yeah. why would I think you could go out of order? See, here's the deal. And I, 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 we really focused on this a little bit um, when we were learning through Yuma and going through the whole process of the Kohen along on Yom Kippur. And we mentioned the the focus on um, the, the step-by-step service that the Kohen must follow on Yom Kippur. Which we would think, you know what? It's Yom Kippur, it's the holiest day, you're the Kohen Gadol, you're the holiest person representing us, you're by yourself in Hashem's house. It should be a little heimish Right? No, it's a, it should be a little more relaxed. Like, you know, take it like, wh- wh- why the focus on the, on the timing and the step-by-step? You see from here, something beautiful, I believe, in our Avedas Hashem, and how we serve Hashem and, how, and, and our relationship with Hashem. And that is, I would think, you know what, why do people talk in Shu? You walk into Shu, people talk in Shu. Why do they talk in Shu? Is it because they don't understand what a shul is? I don't think so. I think people do understand what a shul is. Why do people talk in shul? In my humble opinion, and I'm not right, it's just an opinion. There's a lot of, of opinions. I think that people, we, we get a little too comfortable in our relationship with Hashem. We know Hashem loves us. It, it's like, it's the same way a child can be chutzpahdik to a parent because no matter what I say, you're my parent, but I'm not going to talk this way to my friend's parent because my friend's parent will kick me out of the house. Right? So a child takes advantage of their parents' love. That's what we do to our parents. We take advantage of. That's what people talk in shul sometimes. We, we just forget. We get a little too Heimish. Yeah, it's not that we don't realize what a shul is. We get a little too comfortable. Right? It's, my, it's a house, and what they're buying We get a little too comfortable. So, comes you on kipper. And we're really taught the Kohen Gadol who should be the classic one, who's feeling cozy in his relationship with the Rabbinah Shalei is being taught. And we as a nation are being taught that a relationship is not defined on our own terms. And this applies to every relationship. If I love somebody, the way to show them I love them is not by how I want to show my love. It's by what they need to feel loved. It's a very important difference. If I give, uh, we've said this, if I, if I give my wife something for her birthday that is not meaningful to her, I'm not building my relationship. I, I went out of my way to do this. Yeah, but that's not Thoughtful. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I, I want to be in a relationship with you. Here's how to do it. Here, here's how you can show me you care about me. It's not about us just doing it how we want. There's a Seder. There's an order to approach the Rabbinah Shleilam with. Hashem's telling us, this is how you're in a relationship with me. And it's not up to us to determine how, to, how Hashem feels loved, Kavi Hashem tells us, He lets us know the same way we would hope our spouse does that for us, right, you know, what's going to fill you with gas? what's going to make you feel uh, taken care of, okay, so there's a seder to things, there's an order to things, so I think that's why, you know, maybe the Gemara is saying, maybe by certain things we should assume it doesn't Dafka need to be in order, maybe we could be Haimish at some times, or not. Or do we look at the flip side and say, no, this is one of the times, like Yom Kippur, where boom, 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 it's got to be in order, and that's how we're pl- holding up to our end of the relationship. So here we go. Tana, we learned it. Um, uh, Halo Manolan. Halo Manolan. Let's get into this. How do you know Halo needs to be in order? Rabbi said, from the rising of the sun till it sets, the same way it rises every morning and sets, right? So that Pussek is said in Halo. So Halo needs to be in the same order, the same way the world is always in the same order. This day Hashem made the same way every day works the same Starts with the morning, and with the evening So too halal The Bible says May the name of Hashem Be blessed forever and ever What does that mean? It says Rashi, it can never be changed Don't change this around From now and forever The same way you can't change the way time works So too you can't change the way the Megillah, the, the halal is read and all those psukim are found in Halal, so they hint to us that Hal must be in order. Kriyashma, hey, no Kriyashma needs to be in order. Gitani learned that Rabbi said Kriyashma k'chsav, Kriyashma has to be like it's written in the Torah. Divi Rabbi, there's a pin of Rabbi. The Chum say bechol lashk be in any language. My time, is Rabbi, what's the reason for Rabbi that it's got to be only in order and in the and in Hebrew? Kra says in the Pesach top of Yud Zayin Amud Beis. V'ha'yu it should be Keep it as it is. Don't mess around with the Shma. Leave it as it is. What's the reason for the Rabbanim that say that it could be bechal You can say Shema in any language. On my cross, Shema, it's got to be heard. Any language that you heard it. The Rebbe Nami. It's now in classic Gemara fashion. We're going to go back and forth. Each one's got a verse. We want to know what the other one does with the other one's verse. The Rebbe Nami, Rebbe, also haksif Shema, it says Shema, which seems to imply any language. Ha'omi B'ayalei, he needs the word of Shema to teach me HaShema Chama You need to hear the words with your own ears. You can't just uh articulate the words with your mouth without sounding it. Your ears, it needs to be loud enough that your own ears can hear the words coming out of your mouth. Rabbanan Sabri Kmandam, but Rabbanan disagree with that with that And they hold like the opinion which states, ozno that when a person reads Shema <coughs> Excuse me, and he doesn't hear it with his ears, Yatzah, he fulfilled his obligation. Okay, so that explains why Rebbe argues on the Rabbanan. He uses Shema for a different message that you got to hear what comes out of your mouth. Now let's ask on the Rabbanon. Nami. What do the Rabbanon do with the Pasuk of Rebbe? Vahayu. It says it's got to be. You can't change. Why do the Rabbanon say you could do it in any language? Vahayu seems to imply only Lashon Kodesh. Answers the Gemara. Humi shlo Freya He says Vahayu doesn't mean only Hebrew. It means you can't do it out of order. Ask the Gemara of a Rebbe. A Rebbe who uses Vahayu to teach me. That it's got to be in Hebrew. <shalom> How does he know it cannot be out of order? Answers the Gemara. Midavarim, hadavarim. There's an extra hey in the word. It could have just said divarim. It says hadavarim. There's vahayu hadavarim ha'ela. Right? It could have said vahayu <mim> and devarim, <and mim> <and mim> These words. What are the these words? The hey is teaching me an extra limud. The Rabbanon say no. divarim hadavarim They say the extra hey is not teaching me anything. It's, uh, you can't learn that out. And therefore, bottom line, each opinion is sticking to their own guns. Now, interestingly, halacha lemaisa, you want to know practical halacha, when it comes to the Shema, um, the chapters of the Shema are permitted to be out of order, but the Pesukim are not. Okay? So let's say, for whatever reason, um, somebody made a mistake and they recited like the second chapter before the first chapter, you have really fulfilled your obligation. But the psukim within those chapters are not allowed to be out of order. Okay. Says the Gemara, Let's say that Rebbe holds that in general, that the entire Torah could be written in any language. Because let's talk outside for a moment. According to Rebbe, there's a specific verse by Shema, telling me it's got to be in Hebrew. One second. Let's say there... What about the rest of the Torah that doesn't have that verse? Does it need to be in Hebrew? We'd say no. Right? Otherwise, why did I need a Pasuk to tell me it needs to be in Hebrew? That means the default is it could be in any language. That's the Gomorrah's pointing out. It must be Rebbe holds that by default the Torah could be in any language unless it says value. These Because if you're going to say, if you're going to tell me that the whole Torah always needs to be in Hebrew, why by Shema does it say Vahayu? It's a good point. Okay, it's not a challenge, it's just an assumption. Says the Gemara, okay, hold on. But maybe we could respond and say, maybe Vahayu was still needed specifically by Shema. I would have thought that by Shema that it could be in any language because of the, uh, the way the Rabbanan interpreted. it, of Therefore, it says Baha'yu." Okay, so the Gemara just wiggled out of that assumption. And you hear what happened? This is beautiful. Very good, uh, very, uh, uh, very good inferring. And let's, let's uh, explain this, how this in, uh, inferring took place. Here's what happened. Rebbe said, Bahayu in Shema, only in Hebrew. We he said, oh, okay. Very nice, very nice. If it doesn't say Bahayu it could be in any language. The rest of the Torah, any language? Says Rebbe, no. Like, what do you mean? So why only by Shema are we saying it's got to be in Hebrew? Says Rebbe, because in Shema, the word Shema implies however you hear it is fine. Specifically there, I need a verse to tell me, no, 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 don't make that mistake. This is also only in Hebrew. The rest of the Torah is in Hebrew. By Shema, where I can make a mistake based upon the word Shema, that it could be in any language, that's why there it says, Vahayu, to tell me, don't make the mistake of the rabbis. Bottom line, we don't know what Rebbe's opinion is yet to the rest of the Torah. Okay. Now, let's look at the Rabbanon. Should we imply that the Rabbanon who say Shema could be in any language, Hold the rest of the Torah has got to be in Hebrew. Because if you can say the rest of the Torah could be in any language, why do we need the word of Shema? Telling me in any language, the whole Torah anyway could be in any language. He'll give the exact opposite approach. I would have, I, I would have thought to say, I would have thought to say the to that it's got to be like Rebbe only in Hebrew. Period. End of that conversation. Therefore, the Torah writes Shema. So let me know that even Shema could be, in, um, could be in any language. Beautiful. Okay. Here we go. We now described why Halal cannot be out of order. And we learned uh, the Halachas of Kriya Shema as well. Let, now let us move on to Shemona Esrei. And um, we're going to get into a beautiful, beautiful Gemara. It's going to take us all the way to tomorrow's daf. Um, going through the um, various brujos of the Shmone Esrei. It's Mamish, uh, a beautiful Gemara here. Let's go. Tefillah Manolan. Henu Tefillah has to be in the proper order. The time we went to write, so, apikuli, the so the Shimon who sold cotton. He was a businessman, and we relied on him to establish the Shmone Esrei that we all daven daily. History Shmona Esrei Brachos. Every day we'll be allowed to say the He was the one who established the Shmona Esrei, the eighteen brachos that we have every day in front of Rabbi Gamliel in Yavne. Rabbi Eichonan, Rabbi Eichonan says, and other people say it was not Rabbi Eichonan; it was from a Brisa. May of Esim Zakenim. It was the hundred and twenty elders, what we know as the Anshe Knessa Kadola, who mayhem Kama Amongst them, many prophets. Tiknu Shmona Esrei Brachos Ale Seder. They were the ones who established. The Shmona Esrei in their specific order. Listen to this. Here we go. Beautiful, beautiful Gemara. Let's get into our Halacha davening. Tana Rab. the rabbis ...learn So shall we. How do we know that we make a bracha that includes our patriarchs, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov? Shinemar, Havul Hashem Bnei Elam. Bring forth to Hashem the sons of the Elam, the powerful ones. How do we know to make a bracha of Gevura, of Hashem's power? Shinamar havu lashem kavod v'ais, bring to Hashem honor and power. Uminayesh abim kadushah is headed to make a bracha of hakeel hakadosh, of holiness. Shinamar havu lashem kavod shemo, hishtachavu bahadras, kaidash. Okay, beautiful. So we just established these three psukim in the order that they have from Dov and uh in Mizmar ledavid, goes in that order first av'ais, then kavurais, then kadushim. Umaro Lamar Bina why is the fourth bracha of Shmon Esrei about knowledge and understanding? Why does that come right after holiness? Shinamar Vihegdishu as Kedaish Yakov Vesal Yisrael Yaritsu. And they will sanctify Kedahish Yaqob, the holy ones of Yaakov and Al K Yisroll, and the Hashem of Yisrael, they Yom they will they will be in awe of the sum And next to it says the Yadu Tayyuach Binah. And those who made a mistake in their understanding. So you see that if a person doesn't give proper holiness to Hashem's name, it leads to um, it leads to their foolishness. I want to just mention two points. One I should have mentioned earlier, and one's appropriate over here. Point number one is a, a beautiful story about a yid who came to the Chayze of Lublin. Try to make this fast because it's late. And the Chayze of Lublin, the Khayza of Lublin was a guy by tzedakah. He used to hand out tzedakah. We've shared this Misa uh, uh, perhaps a year ago or, or so. But, uh, and it was known that the Khaiza would give extra money to Kriven, to relatives. If you, if you told him you were a relative, he'd give you extra money. So there was one poor guy who sat down and he took out like 80 papers and he made a whole Chayzman. he realized his aunts, father-in-laws, uncles uh, shared a dog with the Khaizah's, you know, seventh cousin. So they're kind of like mechutanim, yeah. Like ten generations before, they, they shared, you know, whatever. Okay. So he comes to the chayza and he asks for tzedakah. So the chayza gives him the standard donation. She says, "But uh, I'm a kareth. I'm related to you." He says, "How's you related?" So the guy pulls out his whole binder and he shows him and this and then ten generations ago, eh. the looks at him with a smile. He says, "Ah, oh, vaiter Distant relatives (laughs) doesn't count, doesn't count. Okay, fine, very nice. So the guy walks out. He worked very hard on this meeting. He prepared. He walks out and he was very dejected. The Rabschitz Rebbe, the Talmud of the Chayza, sees a yid walking out of his Rebbe's office, very sad. It's very that's unusual. People walked out with a smile. So he says, "Luvasepes, what happened? What happened?" So he tells him, "He says, I thought I've showed him I'm related." eh?" So the Rabschitz says. Listen, I know my Rebbe. He's going to go daven Minchasun. soon. He daven's for the Amr. He's the Bal tefila. When he starts, when the Chaza starts Shmoina Esrei, the Chazaras Hashatz, the repetition, and he says Baruch Ata Hashem, Alei Kenu, Alei Kehav Avram, Alei Yitzchak, the father of Avram Yitzchak. I want you to shout out Vaiter distant relatives. That's what I want you to shout out. The guy's like, "What?" He says, "I'm telling you, to do that." Comes mincha time, the chazan gets up to daven. Middle chazaras he says, "Like like The guy says, "Distant relatives, He shouts out. The chazan turns around. He turns purple. And he finishes shmone esrei after he finishes Khazar After mincha, he walks over to the yid. And he says, you should know it's been years since somebody taught me such an important message like that. And he handed him the extra money that the, that the guy wanted. Eh. Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov are also more than 10 generations ago, and we're still, we're still living off of their uh, living off their Alright, so we start out Shwein essay with their that, was, that. That's what I should have mentioned when we mentioned us. But over here, a beautiful thing I heard from my Rebbe on the, the fourth bracha, just an interesting point, on the fourth bracha being for understanding. Uh, for Bina for understanding and isn't it interesting that sometimes we think that our minds are who we are right We're, we think our brain is us we, and we kind of even talk like that about ourselves to ourselves I'm not that smart I am but, but. before we even get into health finances, Geula, the first thing we need to know, the first request we ask for is Das. And we recognize, first and foremost, we're in the Shama. And my understanding, my mind, how it's impacted by various things, both by genetics, by medications, and all those things, we can daven for that. It's not something that's automatic. The first request we have in Shemayin HaEzrei, it's a very powerful idea. We say, <speaking in Hebrew> You daily bestow knowledge to the world. Please give me the amount that I need. It's not an automatic thing. It's, our, our, our mind is not who we are. It's a gift. And we could daven for to, to have access to the gift. And the more that we daven for it, the more the rabbi Shalem will give it to us. It's a very important thing to 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 notice and i think it's very it's, it's very telling that it's the first of the requests because it's really separating it and, and putting it into something that we can tangibly um, receive from the rabbinicly umoro l'emer chuva Akarbina. all right back inside let's go and and um, why is chuva after Bina, why does uh, the, the bracha of, of Hashem accepting our tshuva come after understanding? The passage says, the heart understands and then there will be tshuva and he will be healed. Healing should come in the seventh bracha, right? Why should it come right afterwards? The gemara says, And let him return to Hashem or is that, is that the seventh? Uh, or sixth? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, let him return to Hashem. Hashem will have on him. And to Hashem for Hashem forgives. Says the Gemara. Okay. So I've got one verse putting putting uh, refua, um before another one putting it afterwards. So how do you know which pasuk to rely upon? Answers the Gemara. We have a third verse coming to help us out, which says. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who forgives all of our um, willful sins. HaRofay, who heals the Kotach all of our illnesses. HaGoel, who redeems us, Mishachas Hayaychi, from the dungeons, from our the, the dungeons of our lives. The Memra, this comes to teach us, the Geula URufua, that redemption and healing, Basar Slichahu, comes after healing. Okay, says the Gemara, okay, Vahaksev, but it still has the Pasuk of first Shuvah and then refuah. What do you do with that? What's the message over there? If it's not the message of putting the brachas together, what is the message? the And just the Gemara, How beautiful. There's, there's healing that's physical, but there's also healing that is spiritual. There's a spiritual healing as well. And that's the refuah that comes after the um, uh, that's the refuah, the healing that comes after the forgiveness. Period. Umaru gula says Gemara, Okay, we're very good. We got the first six brachos down pat now. Why is redemption the bracha of Gal Yisro? Why is that the seventh bracha of Shemun Asrei? Umar Rabba Rabba says, gal says Yisrael. We're now in a Shemitah year. We're going to have the geula in a Shemitah year. Doesn't mean the geula cannot happen in any other year, but that's the year we're it's most fit, most mesugal for Mashiach to come. Therefore, it's proper to establish it as the seventh bracha. I, says the Gemara, it's not true that Mashiach's uh, most ripe to come in a Shemitah year. Rather, what we heard from the Brisa, says the Gemara, is in the sixth year, there's going to be a lot of noise leading up to Mashiach. In the seventh year, is going to be all the battles. And in the eighth year is when Mashiach ultimately is going to come. So, why don't we write the Geula as the eighth blessing as opposed to the seventh? It's the year after. It says the Gemara, uh, beautiful, the war of, of uh, coming of Mashiach is the beginning of the Geula. And since that war is going to take place in Shemitah, Therefore, it is the seventh bracha of Shemini Esrei. Beautiful. Why is Amo the blessing of healing? Why is that the eighth blessing of Shemona Esrei? Beautiful. Because Bris milah is on the eighth day, so we put all healing in the eighth bracha. How beautiful! Beautiful, right? That the same way we know when a child gets a Bris milah. This is not. This is not uh, detrimental for the child. This child is going to have a healing, Be'ez Hashem, and he's doing it in the service of the Rebbeinah and This is how we show our relationship. All healing to all Jews for all centuries hangs on to the coattails of the Rafua of the children of Brismila. That's, that's, the, the, that, that's the, the relationship that we're hanging on to when we ask for the Rafuah, when we ask for the healing of everybody throughout Klai Yisro. Right? We're saying, HaKadosh Baruch the same way you heal the child, eighth day, with bris milah, dedication. It's who we are. It's the Jewish tattoo on our bodies. Right? So all the Rafua that takes place should come quick, should come gezunt, should lead to a, to a, a, a healthier life. And why is the, the, the blessing for sustenance? Why is that the ninth bracha? Omar um, Rabbi Alexandre, Alexandre says maf, uh, It's because of those who cause tremendous inflation. Shavar Zarua Russia, um, uh, knock off those who try to raise the prices and wickedness. The David amara amara. and David said in the ninth parakat So we also do it in the ninth bracha of Shemayna Eshrei, because you know it is interesting. Part of having Parnasa is not necessarily having more money. It's being able to afford more things. If I can have less money, but if the prices are down, I can still have what I need. So the ninth bracha of giving sustenance is asking for that there shouldn't be you know, major inflation. And there should be, the prices should be low enough that even people with less are able to afford what they need. Why is the tenth bracha? of gathering in from all four corners of the world put after bikhashonim the the says the mountains of Yisrael um, give their branches and their fruits carry the nation yisrael because they are they're, they're so close to coming the and since the exiles are Coming back together, Nasad din bereshotim. There's going to be a judgment on the wicked at that time. Shenemar va'ashiva Yadi I will return my hand on you. The etzraif kabar sigayich, and I will burn away. Um, um, kabars. Uh, like I don't think it's a pit. Um, sigayich. Try remember what that was. Rashi says kabar sigayich. Yes, Rashi doesn't help us with the translation on this, but it's, it's basically referring to um, that at the same time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is bringing us in, he's going to um, burn out all the wickedness, this, you know, the same way that these, these things uh, clean out through fire or something. And it says, "Vashiva And I will reinstall... Your judges as they were originally. The Kivan and And once there's judgment that's been brought on the wicked in the times of Mashiach, Kalu you know, if there's no people leading in the wickedness, so bad things are gonna go away. The Khailal Zaydim and all the Zaydim, all the people who turned against HaKadosh Baruch the all those philosophies are gonna go away with them as well. Sh'namar Payshem, Yachtavi Kalu. And the break the breaking of the of the negligent sinners and the unintentional sinners, together they are going to be removed. The Kivan Shekaluapaishim, and now we're, we're keeping going through all the blessings of the Shwonasra. The Kivan Shekalu And once all the Pishim are gone, once all the, the purposeful sinners are gone, Karan the horn of the t'ikim of the righteous people are going to be lifted up, as it says, and all the horns of the Rishonim are going to be cut off, and it's going to be lifted up. The horns of the Tzadikim, as it says, the geriat Sadikim, Tzadikim, and the righteous Gerim will be included. Uh, converts will be included with with the native Tzadikim, as it says, and how interesting the Gemara does on a constant basis. You know, you'd say just put everybody in the category of Tzadikim, but apparently there's. There's convert tzaddikim, and there's tzaddikim who are not converts. And I believe the Gemara is giving us an important message by listing it as two separate categories to let us know that each one brings something very unique and important to the table. It's important to have tzaddikim that come from this background, important to have tzaddikim that comes from different background. backgrounds. Um, you should rise up in front of a seva, an elderly person, and honor. A zakein, a person who's acquired wisdom, the samachle, next to that passage it says, v'chiyogar itchem ger, and when a ger dwells amongst you. Okay, beautiful. So now the tzaddikim are lifted up. Well, what's the next bracha about Yerushalayim? Mr. memas karneb Yerushalayim, where's the horn going to be lifted up? In Yerushalayim, Shanamar. shalushalayim Yerushalayim daven for the shalom, for the peace of Yerushalayim, so that there should be complete, their complete shalva, Complete uh, tranquility, serenity uh, in all of the in all of the tents of Yerushalayim. The kivon shenimnis Yerushalayim, and once Yerushalayim is now receiving its glory back, Ba David. David is going to come shenamar, as it says, top of tomorrow's dav. After bnei Yisrael, after Yisrael comes back, who and they, and they request, they go looking for Hashem Yerga'an. Their, their that's David Malcolm and David, their king. So at this, when we come back, because we requested HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's what we're also going to be looking for, David. And then David HaMelech is going to come. I will hold it here for this evening. We're in the middle of this fascinating, uh, fascinating Gemara, going through the Shemar and Esra. In Bezjem, tomorrow we're going to um, explain... Um, uh, how we move on from the bracha of David's horn being, uh, being raised up to ultimately the bracha of Shamei HaTefilah, of Hashem answering all of our prayers. We'll pick up from here tomorrow, Bez Hashem. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.